Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Maura Z, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Thursday, June 28, 2018, and we are reading today from the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We are in the chapter Into Action, and we will be reading from page 79, the second paragraph that starts usually however other people are involved. We'll be reading through three paragraphs, ending at the top of page 80, ending with, we must not shrink. Good stuff this morning. Reference numbers for yesterday's meetings. Yesterday, 7 a.m., share ID 11,592-11592, and the 10 a.m. meeting, 11,593. One one five nine three. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover, <clears throat> excuse me, through the abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And Janice M., would you please read the 12 steps of OA for us? Uh, certainly. And good morning to everyone. My name is Janice, calling in from Massachusetts. The 12 Steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 
and 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Tess. Thank you, Janice M. And Tenzin P., would you please read the 12 traditions of OA? Good morning, everyone. Tenzin P., checking in gratefully. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop compulsive eating. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10. Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, film, television, and other public media of communication. 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you very much. Thank you, Tenzin. Okay, how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes, and I will be timing. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute your phone.
And once you are done sharing, please let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the person speaking, should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book, and we are in the chapter into action. We are on page 79. We'll be reading three paragraphs, starting with the second paragraph. Usually, however, other people are involved. And ending on page 80 at the top with, we must not shrink. And I lost my place. And Jen A., would you get us started, please? Good morning, Laura. Good morning, everyone. It is a full moon. <laughs> um, thanks for allowing <laughs> me to be of service. My name is Jen A. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater, anorexic and bulimic from Colorado. Usually, however, other people are involved. Therefore, we are not to be the hasty and foolish martyr who would needlessly sacrifice others to save himself from the alcoholic pit. A man we know had remarried. Because of his resentment and drinking, he had not paid alimony to his first wife. She was furious. She went to court and got an order for his arrest. He had commenced our way of life, had secured a position, and was getting his head above water. It would, have been a, it would have been impressive heroics if he had walked up to the judge and said, here I am. We thought he ought to be willing to do that if necessary, but if he were in jail, he could provide nothing for either family. We suggested he write his first wife, admitting his faults and asking forgiveness. He did and also sent a small amount of money. He told her what he would try to do in the future. He uh, he said he was perfectly willing to go to jail if she insisted. Of course, she did not, and the whole situation has long since been adjusted. Before taking drastic action, which might implicate other people, we secure their consent. If we have obtained permission, have consulted with others, ask God to help, and the drastic step is indicated, we must not shrink. All right, so... Um, I'm, I'm reminded yesterday that I have some um, pretty big instructions before I go to do this, right? I'm praying for strength and direction, and no matter what, I must not shrink at anything. And then it tells me again today, hmm, I think I need to remember that. <laughs> so this first story is an amends, um, and uh, obviously another person it says is going to be involved. And it gives me three clear directions here, right? Number one, don't be in a hurry. Number two, don't, uh, it, makes, it, says, tell, it tells me to use good judgment. And three, it says, don't play the victim. That's the martyr in me, right? And you know what I like? It, that it, I love that it gives us directions, and it's given us like 27 guidelines up to this point today. And the reason I love this is because of what another fellow shared on the lines this week. And I love what they said because it's worse to make amends for poorly made amends. And I had that experience. So I always, um, I always follow the guidelines um, that are laid out for me. Um, so what this story reminds me of is this guy goes out, right, and he, takes, he doesn't take care of his first wife. And, of course, she's going to be furious, and she's going to come back at him. And, you know, he's now in this program, right? He's this practical program of action. He's following this guidance of his uh, higher power, and he's doing the 12-step work. And you know what this reminds me? It reminds me that even though I'm in this position and I'm doing the work and I've worked the steps and perhaps I've even had a spiritual awakening, that things are going to still crop up for me. But the good news is, is that it then tells, um, 
You know, he doesn't have to do this on his own. It says twice in the next paragraph, we thought and we suggested. These are the people that are guiding this man. These are, that's my sponsor. My sponsor guides me. I don't ever have to do this thing alone um, in human flesh, right? I've got my godless skin on it, and that's my sponsor. So, um, you know, he, he takes care of his wife, and he um, gives her some money. And not only does he just not, he doesn't just pay her off. He tells her, this is what I'm going to go doing forward. And that's a huge part of the amends process for me. Um, and then on the next part, um, it, it gives us the guidelines. Um, we have to go in and ask their permission. Um, obviously, we've asked our sponsor. We've just talked about that. Discuss it with someone else. And then the last one, we have to ask God to help. Um, and I just think, you know, I think he's driving at home, right? Bill's kind of reminding me, take God with you, take God with you. Um, I don't need to be a victim. I don't need to be a martyr. Um, I don't need to be the hero and run into the courtroom, um, even though I would be neglecting my own needs. Um, and I don't need to be a persecutor. I don't need to blame and criticize. That was the drama triangle I was in for years before I found this program. So I'm just so thankful um, that in doing the steps, I'm taking responsibility for my perceptions, my reactions, and my behaviors. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Jen A. And so if you press star one and give me your first name, last initial, I'll repeat it back. And let's see who wants to share on these three powerful paragraphs. Ginger C. Ginger C. Crickets. Who else would like to share this morning? Vasa. Vasa O. Okay. Ginger C followed by Vasa O. Ginger C, please go ahead. Uh, good morning, Maura. Thank you for your service. Ginger State Recovered Compulsive Operator from Colorado. And I love this, we must not shrink. You know, some of these amends get really difficult and um, really challenging. But we must not shrink because, again, uh, if we don't do this work, we're very liable to go ahead and pick up the fork and, and get the bite back in the mouth. And to eat is to die. So uh, really no option but to press into God, to trust this God, and to continue this process. And, um, you know, but we must ask and get the permission like uh, Jen so beautifully just showed us. And with one of my amends, um, it was to one of my sisters, and it was one of my most difficult amends because this is a person that had, I, we just um, have never gotten along and just a lot of pain around it. And I did not get her permission. I was ready, I was willing to do this work, and I was going to make this amend, but I did not get her permission. And, you know, um, in the paragraphs before, you know, it became water over the dam, like the book tells me. I had done my part, and I was good to go, but I really wasn't because I felt like a checklist. I felt like I had to complete these amends 100% or I was going to relapse. It wasn't going to work. And... Um, so it was a really challenging part to my program because she wasn't ready and it wasn't up to me to force her to become ready. I mean, again, we have to be so careful with this work. We are not here to create more harm. And had I pushed my way, which I can tend to do because 
I'm Taurus rising and I can be a bull and I can just push down and, and plow through, I potentially could have harmed her more. She may not be ready for the amends. I had to trust God, but it was really hard because, again, I felt like I had to get it done. And I have heard people on the lines go ahead and send an email even though the person has declined that amend. They have not received it. So, again, it's so important to follow this precisely. If that person cannot make the amend, you let it be. It's good. It's water over the dam. You don't push your way through it. But you are ready to go through it if the time does present and God wants that amends to be completed. So if my sister comes to me and she's, hey, did you want to talk about something? Yeah, that's great. But again, I don't push it. I allow it to be, and I know that I'm good to go. But I did have a really hard time with it because I, I didn't trust it and thank God for the guidance of a sponsor again. It was through my sponsor that I got to relax and take it easy and realize that it's okay. I've done all that I can do, and I need to just be right where I'm supposed to be. So, um, again, following this precise work, because we're not here to create more harm. And if I had sent that email so I could get it done my way, again, reminder. be done, not Ginger's will, um, I could have potentially created a lot more harm. So, so grateful. Thank you, Maura. Bye-bye. Thank you, Ginger C. And Vasa, oh, it's your turn, please. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. Thank you, Maura, for your service. I'm Vasa. Grateful Recovered Compulsive Overeater calling from Foxborough, Massachusetts. And uh, this book, it's all about action. And uh, again, for me, uh, of course, I always met with my sponsor and my higher power. Whatever I did, I needed somebody in skin. So my sponsor was my my skin, you know. And uh, I just needed to be reminded uh, not to be in a hurry. You know, I started with little, the little ones, you know, little amends, you know, with my children at home. And the cat, you know, every time I came home, the cat would be around my legs and meowing and wanting something. And I'd say, get away from me, get away from me, kitty, you know. And then, you know, I started changing when I, I started being nicer to the cat, the poor cat didn't know what what to do when I when when I came up from my meeting, you know what I was gonna say to her, you know, and I became more gentle and more loving to the kitty. But anyways, it talks here about the man and the alimony, and uh, for years I suffered the other way around. I when I worked, you know, it was great. I contributed to the house and everything else. When I stopped working, my husband put me on a on a but on a on a allowance, you know, and that was very small allowance. It was very very hard not to, you know, raising three kids, running house and food. That was really hard. And then uh, I I tried to do so much with so little, and then finally I started feeling really better by myself and got put a job that I really loved, and I started hiding the money, you know. Because I justified, I said, well, you know, he didn't give me money. He deprived me for this money. And I did that for a couple of years. And finally, I, you know, finally, I just, I needed to be honest. This is a program of honesty. And I told him what I was doing, the money. But I said, I did put the mo- your name in case if I die. So this money is going to go to you. And he was okay with it. 
But, you know, I've done some things that I, I felt very embarrassed uh, to go to people, make amends. Uh, I remember going to the old country. I never thought I'd be going there, but God has a sense of humor. I was visiting my aunt, and she was the last one of, all the, of the oldest to go, you know. And she was telling me how my brother used to steal cigarettes from my blind uncle when he was like 12 years old. And I admitted, and I said, you know, I need to make amends to you because I remember going to the barn and stealing cheese from, from your barn. And I didn't have to tell her, but it was like I felt God put it right there. You know? I'll wrap it up. I just, I wanted to admit. And she just laughed at me. And she said, oh, my honey, I'm so sorry. You probably weren't very hungry or something. We were very poor. So, but anyways, I have paid her, repaid her because they're poor over there, sent checks and money to, for a piece of cheese. Hi. And I have, well, thank you very much for letting me share and I pass. Thank you, Vasa O. Okay, let's try this again. Who would like to share on what was read this morning? We read from page 79, the second, chap, the second paragraph, through three paragraphs, ending on page 80. Lauren N, Larry K, Deb W, Deb W, anyone else? Melissa C, Melissa C, going, going, gone, okay. Lauren N., Larry K., Deb W., and Melissa C. Lauren N., please go ahead. Lauren N. Sorry. Um, Good morning, fellow visionaries. Um, Can you hear me, Maura? I can, yes. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Wow, this, this was... A hard one for me when I finally was able and willing, willing more important, to make amends. Um, my mother died when I was very young, and or when I was in my teens, and um, I was just sharing with my sponsee this morning about how I was able to make amends to her about giving me this disease, and how wonderfully freeing it was to admit that this disease got me through my teenage years um, and got me to a point where I was able to realize how beneficial this disease was for me and be able to be grateful for the fact that she gave me the the um the dependence or the she gave me the gift of giving me a way to survive my teenage 20 30 40 year old body and to be able to live till i could appreciate what life had to offer i was not able to get there until i got there i was an angry resentful human being for many many years and it's only with 
this program and the, and what you've all taught me that I was able to understand that she gave me a gift and I was able to forgive her and to be able to love her for what she was able to give me. And I call my higher power is often my mother because I still have a problem, you know, with this being that is something undefinable and I'll frequently pray to her and it's only because I've forgiven her and been able to realize that it was a gift that she gave me because I wanted to die so many times. And now I don't. And now I live life one day at a time to the fullest to the fullest ability. So with that, I'll pass. Thank you all for being here one every single morning. Thank you, Warren M. Larry K. It's your turn, followed by Deb W. Hey, Maura. Thanks so much for your service. Um, you know, the, this does take guidance, right? We need some guidance here, and it does take responsibility. And it, it, it occurs to me, though, that, you know, step nine is about removing the blinders. These blinders uh, get removed, and I get, I get to see the truth for what it is. And it occurs to me in this program, you know, step nine, it's, like all these steps, it's very much like learning to ride a bicycle, if I want to keep my balance, I have to keep moving. You know, I'm, I'm going to need some guidance here. I have to keep swimming, just keep swimming. And I'm going to need some guidance, you know, but, but, I, but I have found, too, that, you know, that with God's help, that, that there's some value that can be created out of the adversity that, that I'm going through here. And without that adversity, I don't get a whole lot. And it's just like my experience in step one. When I look back at step nine, I realize more than ever that God came to me most powerfully through my wounded past. The most profound spiritual healing came through my wounds. In other words, there, there was a purpose for having the courage in the midst of, of experiencing the pain and the uncertainty. How am I going to make this amend? Should I make this, this amend? It was in the midst of, of experiencing that pain, that confusion, because it was only through the darkest moments that I was going through that the dawn of God's love began to reveal itself. It began to light up. And we trudged through step nine with courage. And we confront our fears. And we seek guidance from others that have been on this path. And the sunlight of the spirit begins to radiate. And the vital question for a guy like me is, am I willing to trust in a process in which the outcome is uncertain to me. I don't know. And if I can say, yes, I am willing to trust. Well, then you couldn't get in the way of this tsunami of recovery if you tried. You ever see those videos of tsunamis? It's coming, baby. It's coming. Oh, my goodness. We better get to higher ground. What, you know, those people seem to be, be moving really quickly here, like their hair's on fire to get to that higher ground but you can't stop the tsunami of recovery. And that's the beautiful thing. You can't mess this up. 
Just follow the instructions precisely. Take the guidance of people who've been along this path. The tsunami's coming. You don't bring the tsunami. The tsunami of this recovery's coming. You follow the instructions, and you can't get in the way of it. You're just going to go with the flow as it comes. But you better get to higher ground. Take the steps. Keep your, your bicycle balanced here. By, keep moving. What a beautiful program, right? With that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you so much, Larry Kay. Deb W., it's your turn, followed by Melissa C. Good morning. This is Deb W., uh, recovered in Oklahoma. Um, can you hear me okay? I sure can. Thanks, Deb. Okay. So I just wanted to uh, tune into this uh, before taking drastic action, which might implicate other people. Okay. I'm just going to stop right there. Because the next few words changed the uh, the sentence to me. Uh, uh, the point is that you know when I'm doing my amends, you know, uh, I'm I get into this when I'm working that step. I get into you know it's not only you know on a human level, it's on a spiritual level that I uh, become willing to. Uh, commit and invest in this program and invest in the promise. However, because I am at this point, I'm pretty new at going inward and trying to uh clean up things inward and I'm 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 um depending on my own ability to know myself. You know, today I might believe this about my thoughts. Next week, I'll believe something else because as time goes, I grow. And so, you know, I have to make sure that, um, you know, I've, I've gotten up in the morning and wrote, in my meditation, wrote many emails because I was moved and touched and all that kind of stuff. And many of them didn't come out okay later because someone read them and had their own uh, interpretation or I had a different thought. It reminds me quickly about this person who I talked to one time. They were having a wonderful weekend with a, um, you know, a, a grade school friend that had, you know, they'd been friends for that long and there had been an infidelity uh, done by this person who was with her friend who I was talking to uh, and, with you know, that she, because they were having such a beautiful, wonderful weekend that she wanted to confess, you know. And then it came to uh, us having a conversation of what would this, what would this profit to tell this person? Because we're assuming this person is feeling like I'm feeling. No. And so her God, you know, had her or her feeling for her that she shouldn't say anything, that she should let it go. You know, we can't make ourselves okay, you know, just make ourselves feel wonderful and hurt the other person. So with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Deb W. Melissa C., it's your turn. Hi. Good morning, Maura. Thank you for your service. It's Melissa C. Recovered, Compulsive Overeater in New York. And, um, you know, um, the more 
the more we read, the more we um, do this work, the more um, things come to me. You know, my um, moral compass as a result of doing this work, it gets stronger. You know, I, I, I seek God's will and, and I get an awareness, whether I like it or not. And once I have the awareness, um, I have to live in agreement with it. You know, my, my awareness and my conscience and the consciousness of my mistakes come to me, and and I've, and I must um, abide by it. So, you know, there was an action that I've been doing for years in my, in my district. Um, we get X number of days a year, you know, in addition to our regular vacation, we get 20 days, and certain number is personal, certain number is family, certain number is sick, and when you put it in the system. Um, you know, you're supposed to put it in accordingly. And um, I have a, a building secretary who um, changes it for people so that we don't get docked. And I've known this, you know. So um, this year, thank God it wasn't me that was sick, but my kids got sick a lot. And so I was consistently putting in days as family days knowing she was changing it. I knew she was changing it. And the last time... She said something to me. She's like, Melissa, you don't have any days. You don't have any, you know, family days left. I've been putting it in a sick. And I realized I've been putting this person in a position where she's been lying for me. And technically, I owe my district, <laughs> I hate to say it, I owe my district money. I owe my district time. But, um, you know, when I've done the work on it, and I have, um, I would be implicating her. I would be actually jeopardizing her um, because she technically went in and changed it. And so I can't do that, you know, but I did go to her and um, and I told her that I apologized for putting her in a position where she was lying for me. And, you know, she laughed because she's like, Melissa, I do it for everybody. This is, you know, what I do. But um, she can't do it for me anymore, you know, and, and I've said that to her. I said, um, you know, Suzanne, I, I appreciate you so much. I said, but from here on in, I'm going to keep track of my days, and you don't have to worry about um, you don't have to worry about it. And she said, but you might get doctor days pay. Well, you know what? I and I said, thank you so much for your concern, but my freedom <laughs> is worth whatever that day's pay is because I can't know God's will for me and not abide by it. I'll eat again. That's the truth, you know, and to eat is to die. Um, thank you. With that, I'll pass. Spot on time wise. Thank you, Melissa C. Okay, so reminder we are on page 79. We started with the second paragraph that starts, usually, however, other people are involved. And we read through three paragraphs ending on page 80, top paragraph with, We must not shrink. And I did a little bit of a research here, and there are 300 other people on this line besides me. So who would like to share on what we read today? Julie R. Anyone else? Carolyn S.H. Carolyn. S-H. Anyone else? Star one. 
Sage S. Okay. I'm sorry. Say again. Sage S. Sage S. Julie, let's go ahead and start with you. Hi, this is Julie, our recovered compulsive overeater in California. <sighs> the amends, you can tell it's a scary thing by how many people want to jump in and answer and talk about this. You know, so I can't hurt any other people. I can't rush and do this. I have to be considerate. So I'm going to tell you um, a pre-recovered woman's um, amends to my sister. So basically I went to her, this was about 10 years ago, and uh, I said, you know, I know I've done some things to you, um, and I know you're a very sick woman, and I get that, but, and that's how I made the amends. So uh, that's not exactly what the big book says. So I hurt her, and it didn't end well. So fast forward to um, about three and a half years ago, I knew I needed to make an amends to that sister again. And I worked with my sponsor. I was in prayer. I wrote my card with bullet points so that I could stay on task. I met with her. I said, you know, uh, I regret the actions that I did, and I listed them, you know, excluding her from family um, outings with my other sister, being arrogant, condescending, et cetera. And I asked, you know, did I leave anything out? And boy, she ripped me a new one. And I sat there, and I prayed, and I let her do what she needed to do. And um, that was, and I I said that I was, um, I never used the word sorry, but fast forward to where I am today with her. We have reconstructed our relationship. Um, It's still, you know, not, not like my other sister, but we love each other. And it was because I was able to make amends, real amends, and listen to what she had to say and acknowledge the pain that I had caused. You know, that's the kind of amends that we do. And, and you know, I, I can't just go make an amends to, like somebody said, a checklist. I've got to do it to make restitution for the harms that I have caused. So um, this is an awesome process, and it's healing. And, you know, I get to make amends on the spot when I do things, when I catch myself with my sharp tongue or something like that. So this is um, a healing thing, and it's something that we must do, and we cannot shrink. Financial ones, you know, I had somebody tell me, you, get, you know, you get your nails done, you go out and get your hair done every six weeks. If you have a financial um, situation, you need to stop doing all of that and pay that financial stuff off. So anyway, with that, I will pass. Thanks. Thank you, Julie. Uh, Carolyn S.H., it's your turn, followed by Sage S. Good morning, Maura. Good morning, everybody. Carolyn S.H. in uh, Massachusetts. Um, I'm setting my timer quickly. Um, Well, I know you got my back, right? So actually, I can't Mm -hmm. set my timer. Okay, thank you. Um, So um, I am just floored by how much I'm hearing in these paragraphs and in the shares and in the reading um, in Florida because um, I've been studying step nine. Well, I've studied it before, but I've been studying it recently and because I'm at step nine again. And um, I'm just seeing and feeling it so freshly. (laughs) And um, what jumps out at me about these, there's just so much in in these paragraphs. 
the whole um, we must not shrink, that, that's repeated. We must not shrink at anything. We must not shrink. Um, and I think the other thing that's repeated twice is the word drastic, um, that we must be willing to use, any, you know, things that seem drastic. Um, and something that I heard for the first time ever, I think, um, is in that first paragraph that was read, um, because of his resentment and drinking, he had not paid alimony to his first wife. So it says nothing about, you know, because they had a bad relationship or because, you know, his wife was a, a jerk or, but, you know, or because he didn't have money, you know, no, because of his resentment and his drinking, you know, and um, it, it's a, it's a quick little summary of um, his, this AA step four and five, you know, and it's like, the amends that I'm making are because of my step four and five, like the amends I need to make the harm I made are because of my resentment and my eating or, you know, um, and, uh, like I, that jumped out at me for the first time. And, um, I have a list of amends that, um, I'm, I'm in the midst of making and I'm going to be starting to make. And, um, I haven't actually picked up a phone or, or done one yet and what came to me yesterday and it's not, and I've been spending time every day reading and praying and the other thing that and I have no idea how much time I have more but the other thing that jumped out at me was um, we are not to be hasty um, uh, and that is really important and but I need to make sure that I'm not making excuses as well because um, like others have said, I have story, have story upon story about bad men, um, and I'm not going to be doing that anymore. Um, and I, I must, my time must be up. So with that, I pass. You got 10 seconds. Thank you, Carolyn <laughs> Sage. <laughs> Sage S, it's your turn, please. Star one. Hi, this is Sage S, compulsive overeater in Arizona, and um, this has me thinking about an amends that I owe. Um, I'm not on step nine yet, but I will be eventually. Um, and I um, had a landlord a few years ago who um, our relationship ended on very bad terms, um, my rent was $600 a month, and in the lease, um, it said if I left early, um, after I paid the month's rent, if I left early in the month, the rent would be prorated. And it ended up that I left early um, in the middle of the month, and so the math ended up that he would owe me $320. Well, he refused to prorate the rent. And so we got into a massive argument, um, and what ended up happening was um, he paid me back the security deposit, which was in the lease supposed to be the first month's rent. Um, however, the security deposit I ended up paying was um, $199 um, because he did what was called a move-in special. Um, However, I dishonestly took the $600 he gave me and never paid him back the $401. Um, 
because I did this out of self-righteous anger and vindictiveness um, because I saw it as, well, he owed me $320, so obviously I'm going to take his money and not honor my integrity because the lease legally, this legal document says that this is what he owes me. Well, as a woman in recovery, I know that that is pure, you know, crap, to be blunt. Um, I owe him $401 is what this comes down to. Um, I can relate to the portion of the reading this morning of the man who owed alimony, um, ready to face the judge, ready to face jail time. I'm not facing jail time, but, you know, my landlord could technically sue me. Um, I don't think he'd have much of a case, but if I were to make this amends, um, he could possibly file a lawsuit if he was angry. I don't know, but he is a very angry man, or at least he was um, during the argument, and I was very angry as well, so I owe him an amends for that. Um, but, yeah, this is just weighing very heavily on my heart um, over the last couple of days. Um, it's not something I've thought about for a few years, but I just want to thank everyone um, for listening to this, and I want to thank the writers of the big book. I thank them every day. Um, Gentle reminder. Thank you very much. And just thank you, everyone. Thank you, OA. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Sage S. Okay, we have time for three more shares. Lisa B. Boston. Debbie from Chicago. Okay, I heard Lisa, Katie, and Debbie. Okay. (laughs) Lisa B., Katie, G., Debbie. R. Debbie R. R. Wonderful. Okay, Lisa B., please go ahead. Good morning. uh, Oh, good morning to you. My name is Lisa B. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Greenville, South Carolina, and the quiet, you know, was refreshing. It was um, interesting. Everyone isn't clamoring, you know, to get on. But uh, not that it's refreshing. It's always good to hear everyone share, but it was just different. So I wanted to share my experience on this. Um, When we were reading that word, sacrifice myself from the alcoholic pit, for some reason that really jumped out for me um, because, you know, at this point in the work, I'm, I'm aware of what the alcoholic pit is. I know what that pit is, and I'm afraid. I'm afraid of going back into it. And I could get into self-will and want to push through and cause more harm like we've been hearing. So, you know, my sister has just not wanted to speak to me for years and years and years. I think ever since I went away to treatment um, 30 years ago, she has shared with me that that's when it began, her resentment to me. Um, So I needed to write a letter to her. She did not want to see me in face to face, and she did not want to hear from me. So I wrote a letter, and I had to pray every day um, for guidance uh, from my higher power to please clearly show me how I have harmed her. How have I harmed this person? How have I hurt my sister? What is it I need to see? What is it I need to clean up? What is it, God, that's blocking me from you? You know, because that's really why I'm doing this. I'm doing this to get right with this power that I so desperately need. 
to be right with, and then ultimately to be right with the world. Well, you know, I wrote the letter. She received it. Um, she wrote me back, and she shared with me that uh, she cried that night, and she felt like years of pain fell away, but she's never wanted to talk to me again since. And that's where I have had to not try and needlessly sacrifice other in order to self my, save myself from the alcoholic pit. I've had to learn to work through those feelings of disappointment and resentment. I've had to do many 10 steps on that resentment. Why? Why won't she still talk to me? And I, every day I pray for her. And I, I pray for guidance on how to pray for her. Um, how would God have me pray for her? How can I be helpful to her in prayer? And I've just had to let this go. It's not my ability to understand it, you know. Um, but every now and then those waves of disappointment come up around birthdays, around Christmas. And um, I've had great input from uh, other people on 10 Steps, too, that have helped me a lot. But I've had to get quiet with this discomfort and bring it to my higher power. And then the other thing is I had a landlord that I broke a lease. I was so scared to um, share with him my dishonesty. But I I did it through prayer and guidance and um, talking with other recovered fellows. And um, in this case, he did not bring any legal action against me. Um, He could have. But I was prepared to do whatever I needed to do because um, I was afraid of that alcoholic pit. And a reminder to get that guidance and direction. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thanks, Lisa B. Katie G. It's your turn, followed by Debbie R. Good morning, Laura. Good morning, everyone. This is Katie G. from Boston. Yeah, I mean, the one thing that I've been really thinking about a lot is um, the guidance that I first got many years ago about looking up words and writing out specifically because I can be very emotional. So this is not about emotions, right? Like this is about what was the harm? So what attitudes, actions, and behaviors directly from myself seeking behaviors in step four did I take to harm this person? I can tell stories. I can grovel. I can make a huge fairy tale over what I did to someone. That's not what this is about. Um, This is about a sincere, you know, honest, I was wrong. These are the actions I took. And, uh, and, you know, I regret my behavior. Um, And the other thing I was thinking about is that people have been talking about is, um, you know, I've had people call me to make amends and I've been on the receiving end and I haven't been clear on what the harm is. And I have to be really careful to not just go to someone and say, I'm here to make an amend. I just feel really weird about the conversation. What did you do? <laughs> what was the harm? Because this isn't a feeling process, right? This is all about action. Um, and the other thing that I really enjoyed hearing is that I've been working on too is <clears throat> I made an amend with my brother as well. And it's like, I'm not in the outcomes business. Right. So like just because I make an amend, that doesn't mean that that person is then going to turn around and become the brother I want them to be. That's not what this is about. Right. Like I I restored I I acknowledge the kind of sister I was not to him, the kind of harm that I did to him. But that doesn't mean he has to go ahead and turn around and be the brother that I demand he be. And that's where I start falling into into crazy thinking. Right. Because I think, oh, well, 
look at me, KDG. I'm doing all this amazing recovered, you know, amend, and, and, and I should really get this. No, that's not what this is about. This is about restoring harm. This is directly connected to my powerlessness, my, my, my step one, my willingness to, to do something or eat. Like, that, that's really what it comes down to. And then, and then remember, like, the outcome is up to God, and the healing is up to God. I just have to be willing and not shrink and, and be ready. Um, so, yeah, I just, um, and, you know, it's also not about going to my exes. I, I went to ex-boyfriends uh, and girlfriends, and um, they said, it, and there were people that said to me, gee, I, I really, uh, I, I don't really want to talk to you, so <clears throat> let me be like a final um, person saying, be careful. And most importantly, let's all stick to the step we're on, like, I have, I can get reminder. so overwhelmed, thanks Maura, by thinking about the future, but if I stay in the day and on the step I'm on, that's where God is for me, and with that, I pass. Thanks, Katie G. Debbie R., it's your turn. You have three minutes. Hi, my name is Debbie. I'm a real compulsive overeater from Chicago, and before I got in this program, I thought the word amends just meant to just say you're sorry which kind of meant I could just keep doing the same thing over and over again as long as I said I'm sorry. But when I Google the word amends, it means to alter, to change, to move and correct faults, to become better. Uh, I got let go of by another OA sponsor from this call on the morning. And she didn't even, she wouldn't even answer my text and phone call. She didn't even say, I'm letting you go. So, you know, I'm a real addict. So when I don't have details, I make up stories. So I tell myself that she heard me say that I had gone back into the food and uh, for whatever reason, let me go. Uh, But the amends is to myself. Um, I'm not going to abandon me. Uh, I have a food sponsor who has worked with me through all of my struggles. And uh, when I get done looking my wounds, I'll try and get another step sponsor uh, from this meeting because this meeting is really powerful. I've only been coming on for about a month. Um, And so I'm old school, and that was what we were taught, to put ourselves on the top of the amends list because my my instant reaction was, you know, to hell with her, to hell with this program, but I can't do that. You know, I'm going to be 68 years old next month, and I went on my first diet 53 years ago. So I know that doesn't work, and I know OA does. And I don't know why I won't give up the food or can't give up the food or whatever, but my prayer to God has been maybe to send a sponsor like me. And, of course, I'm sad and feeling shame. You know, maybe somebody who gets it that if I could get absent by myself, I wouldn't need a sponsor. Everybody can't just come in and stop getting drunk on their own. And uh, because of my history of relapse and multiple programs, I usually won't fire a sponsor. I'll work with them until, you know, they say they're not available. Uh, And so I'm grateful and I'm proud of myself, and I'm really grateful for those of you who uh, get on this meeting in the morning and give the service uh, because I can't do this by myself. And... uh, Part of me wishes I could, but I've, I've I've tried that too, and I thank you. Thanks. Thank you, okay. Debbie R. Thank you, Debbie R. And thank you to everyone who shared today. 
please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. And the share ID for today's meeting, which just concluded, 11,596-11596. And we will now have, <coughs> excuse me, we will now have the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Annie V., are you available to read for us this morning? Yes, can I be heard? Yes, thank you. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we, o we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.